This week on the X Factor, I mean, I mean FVTV. Welcome to Fans Voice TV, episode six. We're going well now, to be fair, actually, aren't we? Okay. Yeah, we're all here back. again. Yeah. yeah, we're all here again. We have got Neil Horgan, John O'Flynn, Rob Lehan, myself, Darren Murphy. Thanks again to everyone sponsoring the show, subscribing to the podcast, and uh, supporting us on social media. It's what keeps the podcast going, really, and what keeps the the interest in it. And for us as well, it's a huge help. Yeah, when, keep, um, keep sending in the cash. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Funny. To, <laughs> keep sending I was going to say cash. keep sharing, keep liking, but yeah. keep keep the cash coming. Yeah. Also. <laughs> um, so, just a quick one there. Tony Tobin has given us a book, uh, Rebel Rhymes. I have it right here. So oh, Tony Tobin and Rebel Rhymes. Are literally the sponsor of the podcast this week. Literally, I like what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it almost came out illiterally, but. <laughs> Rebel Tony Ryan. Preparation, this man does. It's not like I just turn up as a. Luke. So, uh, fair play to Tony, you know. Um, uh, uh, fair play to, to Tony Tobin and the Rebel Rhymes. Yeah. Uh, no, so we'll just, uh, he just launched it, I think, did he? Yeah, yeah that's great. Brilliant Hope it goes well for him. Uh, just found about launches and promos. So I was looking at a couple of, I don't know if you saw them, the Bose and Rovers videos. They're absolutely class, to be fair. Oh, the Bose one was a poet, wasn't it? Talk yeah, I, I poet, didn't yeah. actually the see it. Like, the Rovers one. I haven't seen like, the Rovers, I've seen yeah, the Bose. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very, very good. Like, you know, it's a lot of time and effort went into okay. making it, I'd say. Um, and the Rovers one is is that a poet as well or something? Yeah, and to be fair, Cork City's one is decent enough as well. Okay. Um, Tony, so surely Tony's going to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course he is. Have you seen and the, the Joseph and Doe one? Corky the Cheetah. I, saw I the shared Joseph that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of more playing towards the kind of refs, is I suppose. Really, in it? Um, no, it's like the whole league. Himself, is it the whole league? Yeah, yeah kind of. He did it himself. It's about six, seven minutes long. He goes through every team himself, like. Yeah, it's actually very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just watching the rest. I've only got the start of it with the refs. No, it was good. Um, My former manager, Kelly. I used to mark him a lot. Yeah, manager. He's a good player. Yeah, Mm. he's a good player. He played in two World Cups. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess when I shared it, it brought me onto his page. He has a coaching page up, but I started flicking. Then he has kind of a highlight reel up. It's unreal. He's magic. Like yeah, yeah. He was class. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pure class. Player. He did something to Liam Carney there one time with this. Yeah, side popped it remember, over. popped it over his head. That's on back the to, highlight oh reel. Oh my yeah. god, it's unbelievable. I remember uh, a few of the city lads saying he used to coach you through the game when he was playing against you. Oh right. He'd be telling yeah, you like drop yeah, off yeah. into space there now you yeah. can get it and turn out. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 this is a nice fella, is he, Rob? Yeah, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'd, I'd like to see that video. So. Good luck to UCC Freshers, an old team of yours, Hog. Yeah, the Harding um, Cup Final. Harding Cup Final. Yeah, Brian Lennox is actually involved with them. Yeah, he? mentioned, yeah right. he's involved with them. He kind of helps out there. So um, they, I don't know who they're playing in the final. They beat UCD 1-0, as Rob was saying. Congratulations or commiserations by the time this comes out. Yeah, so it'll come out after, but yeah, we'll see how they get on. Do they have a good team, Hog? They do, I play? think, yeah. Um, is that Tom Stafford's team? I don't know. I, I don't is it Paul Dunton? Paul Dunton, yeah. yeah Paul Dunton is the manager, but um, there it's not Tom Stafford's team. There's a guy playing right back who's good. He was at Cork City 19s last year. He's probably been playing midfield for them. Yeah. No, and he's with the UCC seniors as well. Seniors. Right. They seem to be in and around everything, though, challenging and playing big games. Yeah. You know, so it's re- they're doing really well. Greg yeah. Elverton is doing great things for UCC yeah. soccer because he's kind of FEI yeah. coordinator. When I was there, 
he's linking up all the teams and it makes a huge difference. Like be a massive achievement to win Collingwood and Herring the same yeah. year as well. Yeah, just goes to show they're doing something right. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. one of the lads that I know. He works under Wayne Falvey, and oh. I think they do the emerging talent kind of project as well, where they get all the the best athletes in different sports and oh, look yeah. after them and give them training in Mardik or something. Down Mardik, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'd say Cork is going to become a massive student city, like isn't it? Because UCC are buying up a lot of property around Cork as well. It's growing all the yeah, time. It's growing it? all yeah. the time. Yeah. So mm. and the facilities in Mardik, fantastic. Best in the yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, unreal. Yeah. Great to see. Rob, you a few questions there from Instagram, and we'll uh, we'll start going through Two. those. Uh, first one is: What is your favorite goal that you ever scored for each of us? Favorite goal that I ever scored? Do you know what? I remember it. So, ball came in from a corner kick. I've headed it out to the right hand side. Who's so this for and against? Yeah, this is sorry. This is for Cove Ramblers. So corners come in. I've cleared the corner with my head out to the right hand side. It's gone out to Davy Warren, who's out in the right hand side already. I've made a sprint run. He's played ball in over the top and I'm outside the box and Noel Mooney's in goal. is against Limerick, I think. It's come in and I've just clipped it over and lobbed him. Brilliant. It's a funny thing because I used to watch, um, I don't know if any of you seen it, Eric the King. When when I was a young fella, all the time, it was Eric Cantona. I used to watch it over and over and he, always, he scored a goal where he headed it out to Giggs and Giggs played him in and he did the exact same thing, chipped the keeper and I, that was my favourite goal and I watched oh, it, watched right. it, watched it. And it was just surreal then. Kind of mimicked it. Thing. it yeah, yeah, I mimicked it and it was just absolutely surreal. So that's why I always can remember it, I suppose. Oh, it's funny. It was probably in your head to do it, was it, when you were doing it? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It goes to show, like, actually, vision. if I go on to me, the, the one that I have is, is something like that happened. So it was the year, it was the goal you were talking about, Flinny. That you were we screaming? Yeah. <laughs> the yell, the yell. <laughs> uh, that was actually a different goal I was screaming at. But when we scored against Shells, and we won 1-0 2005 but the day of the game <coughs> I was at home and I lived with a, a friend of mine Stephen Daly some of you might know him and Kieran Amani we used to live, live together and uh, Stephen came home and he'd been at the, the bookies he would throw a few bets now and again and he said my name was on the chalkboard for the first time and I, I was having my pre-match and he said it's never up there he said he said you're going to score today and I put money on you <laughs> right so honest to God the moment I ran up the when I was running from a right back position, it was coming in from the left. I thought about it, and I said, "Do you know what? I might." And and had he not said it, had he not come back, I wouldn't have made you the might run. Have hit it. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have made the run. All right. Yeah. So uh, then when I scored, I went. Then I was thinking him straight away. <laughs> <laughs> you were never on the chalkboard again. I think you're so suggestible as yeah. a person, like yeah. uh, that. That those things make a difference. Like, like positive thoughts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So thanks, Stephen. <laughs> uh, my favourite goal is actually a goal I got for Douglas Hall uh, it was after kind of after I left Cove Ramblers and you know I was at a bit of didn't really want to be playing football at the time it was a game we were playing St Mary's and we were 3-1 down at half time and we were down to 10 men and we came back and got back to 3 all and a cross came in and it was a header as well which is rare for me cross came in for right, I scored a header top corner and it was just like I want like first time I, want, I enjoyed playing football for like a good long time and it was more the feeling, more than anything, than the, how good the goal was or anything like that. But it's never, I'll never forget that goal. Class. You were actually, you're actually good in the air for a small fella. I know you're yeah. saying that you don't score that many headers, but you have very good hang time. Yeah. He's the Cork Aguero, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I suppose, always, I learned how to use my body and jump kind of into the defender, to take the height element out of it a certain amount. Like Marky Sol used to do for Cork City a lot as well. 
He's not a lot taller than I am, like, but he used to win everything in there. Yeah, heading is so important. He's a bit taller. Yeah. A small bit. <laughs> I remember when he came training with us, and you could see, geez, this guy's brilliant at heading it. Yeah. Like, he's just so aggressive in the air that you try, you'd be trying to mark him in, in set pieces, and you're like, you're, you're actually having a fight with him in order yeah, to win yeah. the ball. Like, yeah. it was unreal. It's just technique. Like, yeah, I just love playing with him because any ball that went up, just go. Yeah. Run, yeah. Chances are he's going to win the header and yeah. you're getting yeah. in. Yeah, gamble. You wouldn't have to like think about it, you'd be gone. My favourite goal wasn't documented, but I know I spoke last week about it the pre Kennedy Cup, uh, the friendly game up in Dublin against DDSL, where it's come over my shoulder and I've hit it on the volley from the half a line and it's gone in. That that goal kind of shaped my career. That was the start of it for me. Things started happening after that, so that was probably my best and one of, one of the most important goals. So yeah, visually and mentally thinking about a goal in your head, it can it can actually help you go and get it. Is that what you're so say? yeah, so I suppose I would I would have done some work with um like psychologists over the year, football psychologists. They would have come in, and it's all you know get get a picture in your head of like what the game is going to go like tonight, and think about it and think about it and think about it, and they were big on like you know you're going to score a goal or you're going to do this or you're going to do that. and actually it happened to me a couple of times like um. But it doesn't always happen, I suppose. You know, like last minute, it's one odds and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, the ball's going to land here, the ball's going to land here. And a couple of times it does, and you're ready for it, and you take it, as you said. But it, look, it doesn't always happen. But I think that, like, positive men- mentality yeah. going towards it, like, is, it makes that? a difference. I- like. Imagery or visualization. visualization, yeah. So positive visualization. Yeah. It's like when it does happen, then you felt like you've gone through it so many times in your head yeah, that before. it's comfortable yeah. and it just happens. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like he, he practiced so many times. It, it, it just came, uh, basically fluent. <laughs> it's similar to like, um, you know, like putting pictures up on your mirror and every morning you wake up and you're looking at, you're visualising that house that you want or that car or stuff like that. That happens to people where they have that car and or their, their wardrobe, you know, the pictures that they have in there. A goal, I suppose, is kind of, you know, yeah. bringing it into the, the business world. You mm. set goals and you, you try to achieve your targets and, it's, some, it's something similar to try and get you there. Obviously, you're going to have chances in the football pitch and stuff like that. I'd say as a kid, you're probably, like like you watching Canton, you're probably doing it without knowing it. Like, you know, you're watching whoever you're watching when you're growing up thinking, I want to do that. Yeah. I do it out the back garden and then when it happens in the, yeah. in the match. But, and then the sports scientists just, or psychologists just kind of reinforce it. It'd be interesting to see over the next couple of years because I suppose we would have been watching small bits of football but mainly when I was growing up it was kind of more it was a lot of local football I didn't watch that much football on TV I would have played a lot of football outside you know in the greens as we, we as we did as kids so it's interesting to see now the the kids don't really play out in greens they're training they're coached coached and stuff on Astros or normal pitches or whatever and they're watching a lot of football. Like there's a lot of exposure to football now on TV, so it'll be interesting to see how they take the visualization of that. Yeah. Like watching their favorite players' movements, and you probably learn that yourself in training. You know, if a, a player came in and he had like a little turnout technique, you'd like kind of steal it off him, mm. wouldn't you? Like yeah. sometimes if you were able to do it. Aren't they saying that the PlayStation is kind of helping kids, uh, EA Sports, the the, the football? Know. Definitely EA Sports is saying it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that game is actually helping some 
kids play because you learn tricks from it that you wouldn't have had or whatever if you weren't exposed to it. But that's the problem then when you're coaching young kids they're coming in doing the yeah. quite and the double step over <laughs> yeah. and you're trying to say look pass learn to pass it control with the inside of your foot and pass yeah. you know but they just want to do the quite and the overhead yeah, kick and yeah. so I like I don't think kids anymore though if they see just say a goal on TV they don't go out into the green and try and do it themselves I don't anymore I don't think. I'd never see like I remember Henri's goal against United when he flicked it up on the turn. I was out in the green, me and my brother doing that. Trying to replicate that. Trying to replicate that yeah, for yeah. ages, like. Yeah. But I suppose we were always like that though. If like when Wimbledon was on, we'd be outside playing tennis. Yeah. yeah. Just gonna say it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the sport yeah, is. Rugby yeah. work, rugby world cup is on where outside playing rugby, like. <laughs> Have we got more questions? Uh, Cork City based question, uh, because uh, following on from the game against St Pat's, uh, do you think Cummins will be? John Caulfield is number one striker this year or will he go with some of the new lads coming in? I think it depends on who they're playing. I, you know, he went with Shep on, against St. Pat's to be more of a runner. I think you got to play to whoever is yeah. going to be playing up there to, to their strength. I think yeah. Cummins probably would thrive on two wingers who are going to get down the line and cross the ball in. So good, the goals from there. Yeah. so good in the air. It's hard to answer that question as well. And I'm just speaking on a coach's point of view to like fans who are asking that question. Because obviously they see games, they don't see the training sessions. So you're looking at training from Monday to Friday. There's a game coming up. What team are you going to go with? What team are you going to pick? Maybe did he pick up a little bit of a knock? Or, mm-hmm. you know, is he is he right for this game? Is he scoring goals in training? You know, there's competition at Cork City now. Are the two lads doing better than them in training sessions? Or three lads or how many is there? And, like, you have to look at all those things as well. It's very easy for us to say, oh, how come you didn't pick him there? Or, uh, like, Yeah, there's so uh, many different yeah. variables in the week. It's hard to call after just one game as well. Yeah, yeah. it is. Like, it'll yeah. up, that'll yeah. kind of open out after the next four or five games. I think so, yeah. If there's a pattern emerging. like, Yeah. And the manager's going to pick his best team um, every week that he thinks is going to go win the game for him, you know, so. It's hard as well because, as we always say, football is such a, a weird game. Like, last year they played the first game against, Pat, against Pats. I think Cummins scored, off, set one up, got, yeah. got sent off, yeah. missed a couple of games, and then when he came back, I think he scored a hat trick in the game he was back. So he was, fan, yeah, he was fantastic yeah. last year. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's hard yeah. to call it, but I yeah. think John probably went with a with a team that could get our pats, you know, want, wanted willing runners. Yeah. For, whereas you'd probably see Cullum or Cummins as a as a holder player and yeah, just a fox in the box and winning play ball. on the line. I think he's really good in the air. Cummins. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Gets great goals. Good, and yeah, like, yeah. Gets good free heading. kicks and yeah. gets you up the pitch. He and does. Works yeah. hard. Like he's yeah. a good striker. Like very yeah. Good, yeah. Like, ideally, look, you'd have two or three guys who are competing, and he'll be one of them. Well, right? if yeah. if Cummins isn't your first try striker and there's someone better than him, that's obviously a good yeah. sign as well. Like yeah, but I think Cummins would want that as well. He'd want like you want competition. Like you know what I mean. He wants that maybe you know you know yourself if you're sometimes you get if you're playing every week you get complacent. Yeah. Someone comes in and uh, co- gets ahead of you in the team. Your your reaction is to work harder and get back up the I don't think you want it though. If I'm honest, like so, if someone came in and replaced me in the team, <laughs> I'd be like, "This is not what I wanted." Like, <laughs> yeah, instead of <laughs> challenge accepted, yeah, yeah. guys just want to smash him <laughs> in training. Like, <laughs> who's your man getting wheeled out? Oh, he was yeah, in Baron's position. He played last week. Only <laughs> <laughs> way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, this could be a difficult one to Oh, here we go. Like the difficult ones. What is the strangest thing you've ever seen in a dressing room? Seen a lot of strange stuff. <laughs> strangest person or strangest thing? It's the strangest <laughs> thing, but I think you can extend it to that. Oh. 
You got lucky there, Hog. Who wants to take the lead on that? Oh, there's a, there's a couple there's a couple of ones there, right? I've seen, but uh, I don't think they're for. They're, they're definitely <laughs> over PG. The, the X-rated version. Yeah, the X-rated <laughs> version. That's, that's that's that is a tough one. The strangest thing we've seen in the dress. I remember room. kind of funny ones where, like you know, they bring in the box that you bring in all the gear in, silver thing. Oh, the, yeah, the, the kit. kit. Yeah, yeah. was it you in it? So been like Jerry Harris be bringing it in, who's a kind of you know, relatively old man, bring it in and he's getting ready and, and then someone jumps out of it. <laughs> yeah. Don't think about giving him a heart attack, it's a laugh for the lads like that. <laughs> It's only a goof, man. <laughs> and I laughed away, but I, I would have gotten a massive fright as well yeah, over yeah. the corner. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think from outside football perspective people probably don't know how funny it is being around a group yeah. and like one thing is hard to pick out but it's just all it's all fun and games it's all little tricks it's like two minutes before a meeting and if someone leaves their phone there you're setting the alarm to go yeah, off five yeah. minutes of the meeting and the lads are you know <laughs> yeah. like small little things like that there's so much stuff that goes on you, yeah. you gotta had, be careful like falling asleep on the bus and we said uh, when I, I'd say I was under 15 or 16 with the Cork School Boys League we had, we actually had we had the manager's phone on the bus to the game and we set the alarm but we set his ring his alarm tone to the speech from any given Sunday so that went out he was just literally timed it to perfection as well he was just lads right now today and then Al Pacino just came on <laughs> <laughs> and whatever he was about to say just out the window <laughs> really well I remember I saw a player get slapped in the face at half time by the manager which was a bit strange <laughs> in the dressing room. I've seen something similar, not not at a at a match, but on a training day when I was at Peter, where Jimmy Bullard would have been, you know, so lively like he is now, just a lunatic. Jason Lee, do you remember him? See the man with the hair, pineapple head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He must. Have, he was obviously in his little chirped up mood and said something about his missus. People kind of turned around and he he just turned around and slapped Jimmy on the back, but it. Basically, his whole back was his hampering. Like, <laughs> he, he refrained himself from punching him, but he slapped him, and the whole dressing room just went. Jimmy just had a laugh, and I don't know what he done, but it just reminded me of a story. I thought of two. Like, Did you? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we might get him out. You go uh, first. So, do you remember Pat Dolan used to make us sing? Yeah, yeah. If you were late or something like that. Uh, a half time or after match, he made me sing. Uh, Did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In front of everybody and. <laughs> <laughs> Greg O'Halloran chose the song like and I, he knew I knew it like from probably nights it was Black is the Colour by Christy Moore <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, we hope beat song no, so no, I think no, we lost the match song. as well or something like that he was trying to say look it's alright Hoggy sing a song so then I got to the first chorus I got it out of the way and then he, everyone was like alright well, the second chorus <laughs> so I had to keep going <laughs> full song <laughs> I did it too I did it too but Jesus it was nuts yeah. and the other one Liam Kearney you go first and I'll go after that. Just on uh, Greg O'Halloran, have you heard his like, rendition of that opera that he sings? He's unbelievable. Sure, he's unbelievable. It's a, that's a, oh I my think God, it's better than the actual original. It's, it's actually yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I couldn't believe how good he was. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, if you're listening. For that. <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking of with Liam Kearney, when you were talking about the phone, Rob, he rang Rico by mistake. Damon Richardson was our manager and he rang him. Oh, texted him. He texted him to say that he was wrecked from being out last night and we were on the way to a match and Rico was at the top of the bus and Liam was at the back and he just pressed text uh, send and he was like, oh no. <laughs> 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 and he happened after that? Uh, Rico say anything? 
I, I think he did. I think he kind of looked back and kind of laughed a bit, like, <laughs> you know. Some yeah. of them bus journeys were, were yeah. unbelievable. I remember yeah. Nulty used to get in trouble, like early Pat Dolan days, Nulty used to be in trouble every week. He'd be out drinking and getting into fights, and Pat knew that. Pat knew everyone, every bouncer, every person in the city. So it would always get back to Pat. And Nulty used to be barred from coming back to the, the middle slash end of the bus and we used to be calling Nulty back like you know and was, oh Nulty that was unreal you're so Don would be looking back down here you Nulty was like down the front with his hand over his mouth like you know oh. do you remember yourself and Leon on the bus oh my god we used to be playing cards we used to have a card school like right. six of us and then we'd be Lenny and Leon <laughs> used to do everything to try and annoy yeah, us or stop that. the game. <laughs> oh my! Like so you reminded me of that actually. Yeah. Moments, like, them you just want to kill him. Just shouting for the entire bus. Just that close to hitting <laughs> one of them. They were like, they knew how to get you. Like, <laughs> I nearly want to try to hit myself. I, was, I knew I was so annoying. I remember actually one one time we uh, we all met up really early before an away trip. Um, we heading the road to some park, but we went to Douglas Core Shopping Centre first. Went into some like pound shop and got four or five of us. It was I think it was me, Carney, Garrett, Farley, I can't remember Gamble and someone else. But we basically got little little BB guns that um that we filled them up on the bus and started shooting them down the bus. And twenty minutes into the journey, the bus driver broke. And there was about four hundred pellets going down. <laughs> he lost the plot, pulled over, and all the way to go and pick. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I shot one. I hit the front of the windscreen. I hit him on the head. I was going to get killed. That. Yeah, I remember that. I can't remember the bus driver's name now, but he. John, I was thought I was dead. I was ducking under the seat and everything. <laughs> oh, it's some great thing. So you were barred from having soft drinks in the podcast anymore. <laughs> barred. No more soft drinks for you. Neil just spilled. spilled his soft drink all over yeah, the floor. Too much cabin, sugar. The cabin's lovely oh uh, carpet. Not, not anymore. An opportunity not to anymore. thank the cabin for the podcast uh, hosting for, yeah, the, for the last few weeks. Yeah, brilliant. And sorry about the coke on the floor. Right. <laughs> just another one back to the, the, the boss stories. So John and uh, Leon, I think it was, I think it was Derry. It was a really long trip, and uh, we were trying to play cards or whatever. But it was kind of getting to, you know, the tired kind of really annoyed part. And then they came <laughs> up with this game that they played between each other, and it was like they they were asking Leon each other, John. Leon and John, and they were asking I, each I, other. I know without you even saying it. <laughs> Oh my God! Who even... is your favourite player, right? And and and, and it was like oh, it was wow. like they, they put on these funny voices. Go on, ask me, ask me, <laughs> I'll do it. Okay, John, who is your favourite player? My favourite player is George O'Callaghan because his skill is so good and his touch is so smooth. Oh my God! And then and then he would say at the end of it. Yeah. And Leon, who is your? <laughs> <laughs> and they just bounced off each other. We're like and two then, old Caspian characters. Oh my god, like, I swear. Oh. Do you know when you're getting to that horrible, you just want to kill someone. Three in the morning, the boys are going, oh your god. favourite player. Because he has ingrown cuticles. <laughs> oh wow. Do you want to laugh about it? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scary. <laughs> oh. We'll bring <laughs> Leon on sometime and you can. Oh yeah. Did you, you ever know, get really? Rehash. Did you ever get really annoyed that you attack someone? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not, not in Crazy general. Crazy dads. <laughs> not, not in general life. I'm talking about in the football scene. Oh, general life. No, be way too much like that. <laughs> only, only like a chipper at three o'clock in the morning. Sometimes, yeah. but that's about it. Yeah. Only Crazy dads. So, so, 
we were like we used to eat breakfast there before training and stuff. But I was I was out injured uh, for a long for a long period of time, and it was just after coming back. So I'm like I was really ir- irritable. Uh, there was a lot going on uh, outside of football and inside of football. But I was just eat, eating my breakfast, and one of the players thought it was funny to come over and just like fart near me. So he's come, he's come over, turned around, fart. He regretted that. <laughs> thought, thought, thought it, I was, no, I was, oh my god, he just caught me at the wrong time. I had jumped over a table. <laughs> <laughs> I regret it now but we're good friends now but uh, yeah at the time uh, everyone pulling off he was like Jesus Christ that's their crazy dance yeah and they were probably the odds in that as well crazy <laughs> leave him off then, it's then, probably some try this thing go on go on find the area it's only a podcast will end with a fatality yeah Neil <laughs> Horgan isn't attending anyway. next week's podcast just on those weird stories it's time for Rob's weird story okay so this one is it's a Harry Redknapp story about him signing a player he has a good few of those they're always a decent but it's a drummer Canu played for Arsenal and Portsmouth but he was basically he was basically retired at this stage official age probably about 30 (laughs) unofficial age unofficial age well according to Harry Harry Redknapp they reckon late 40s (laughs) but uh, they they were struggling all their strikers were injured and it was coming up to the first game of the season so they were like, is anyone available, basically? <laughs> and Canu had no club. So he rang him and he said, I, I look, I'm looking to bring you in for this weekend there. Have you, are, you, are you staying fit? He said, yeah, yeah, I went for a, I went for a run there a few weeks ago. <laughs> 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 so uh, they brought him in and they were like, they saw him in training and Tony Adams was the assistant manager who played with him at Arsenal. And he said to Harry, you cannot sign him, like, he can't move. But they brought him in anyway because they had no other option and uh, he trained and they saw they were like Jesus we can't play this fella like but then the other the only fit striker they had got injured in training so it was a case he had to play some part in the game anyway so they played someone else up front and they had to bring him on so he came on and got two goals <laughs> in about half an hour <laughs> played unbelievable then they were playing in going from Portsmouth to uh, Swansea or Carter for somewhere like that and they had to get playing back I said Canu was sitting on the luggage carousel couldn't move they had to wheel him out of the airport <laughs> <laughs> <That's different. laughs> and did he play after that he stayed at Portsmouth about three years after that I think they said he, they used to have meetings on the first floor and Ken used to have to get the service lift up the stairs <laughs> to go to the meetings brilliant. <laughs> he, he was, was brilliant player. no excess energy there. use no. it's a good story Rob that's my story for this yeah, week, that's guys. Very so good. Basically, Rob, you're pulling them out of the bag every week for a play. Bit of research gone into him, like. Yeah, yeah. Every, oh, uh, oh, extract oh, the book from two extract. seconds now. We'll introduce her, right? Dead of a Football Club by Neil Horgan. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, Alan Matthews. We, lo- we we lost the match to Wexford Youths. Okay. Um, we were in trouble financially here, right? He then tries to talk about last Monday, but F and hell, boys. Thirty-three shots, sixteen on target, a missed penalty. He turns to crazy Daz, and one example that summed up the night. I'm not blaming you, Daz, but that shot near the end, it looked like you had your boots tied together the way you hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alan. <laughs> that was that was the week that was the week thing where you tied his boots together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? The wrong visualization. <laughs> the funny thing is, 
there wasn't just that one moment. I probably had t- terrible <laughs> shots over the years. I can't remember that just one moment. That's that's in the book more than anyone. Isn't it? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I want to see. I want to see the revenue stream for that book. <laughs> Hashtag crazy dad. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> Dead of a football club. Nothing. Darren Murphy in there. <laughs> yeah. Have we any more questions? How good do you think the standard of the Munster Senior League could possibly get? Is one of the questions came in from Keen Kingston, actually former yeah, Cove Ramblers yeah, yeah. player. Yeah. Well, I think if Keen, you got fit and came up to Edinburgh <laughs> Senior League, it'll improve it in straight away. Is he a good so, player? Yeah, very, very good, good player. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down Cross Avon at the moment. I think the Munster Senior League is great because the, the pitches are good. I'm not saying that that's the case with any other leagues, but you're looking at good clubs and they've good traditions. And I think it's got better year by year, kind of just the, the setup of it. Like, it used to only have two divisions, now it's three months senior league, senior level. Um, so I think it could be really good. Um, and UCC, I think, is, are pushing it. Mm, definitely. Like, you know, like we were talking last week about Rockmount and Avondale kind of having a, a kind of a few years there where they were the only teams who could win something. Now. Middleton, have you seen the facility down in Middleton? Very good, yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, it's one of the best facilities, soccer facilities I've seen. Yeah. And, um, so that's what you're talking about these kind of big clubs Douglas Hall College Corinthians they're not just a team anymore it's a, they're real strong clubs yeah, I think how ev- like evenly spread the talent is now is making it better again like you said when Avondale won it five, six years in a row yeah. I think people lost interest in the league because it was just a case of yeah. oh, Avondale are going to win it yeah. and it was, everyone else was trying to stay up basically Yeah. but now there's, li- there's five, six teams with a genuine chance to win the league this year and that keeps everyone going all season. Like, I think as well, as you just spoke about there, so keeping everyone going, I think the players really need to put effort into to make it prestigious. You know, The commitment levels, if you're putting in the commitment, it's going to bring the standard up. Mm. It's the training is where you get better. And it's up, it's up to the players themselves. But again, it's got to be the other side as well. It's got to be made prestigious. There has to be something behind it. you know. And it's kind of getting to that place there now. The same as the League of Ireland a bit of social media getting involved in it and kind of players like that and you know it's kind of it's tip, it's tipping up again facilities need to obviously improve but the players are there but it's the commitment and you totally understand with work and stuff like that but I, I think players can make more of a commitment Um, you know you, I know you are working you will miss a day but then if you miss that day can you go for a run or something like that like you know you can always make a wedding or yeah. uh, something like that like you know so I think um, the link between, as well, just about the standards, the link between the Monsignor League clubs and Cork cities of this world now, people are seeing Mark, Marky, right, from Avondale, who just, you know, was playing uh, intermediate football, I suppose, as you call it, for years, and then came up and was, was brilliant. And people kind of knew he was going to be good, you know, once he got his chance. Um, Obviously, the centre-back for Cork City at the moment, yeah, he's yeah, Sean McLaughlin. McLaughlin. There's l- loads of other examples, and I think the more the better, because keep that link kind of strong. Because there was a time there where you didn't really come through. No, I did. No interest. And you, you didn't I, I think I think it was when John Caulfield kind of come through and got yeah, and he got brought the job. a few people. And I yeah. think when John first went into the Cork City job, I think they were kind of there was kind of questions, you know, oh, months of senior league stuff like that. But he's actually turned around, proved that, yeah. like you know, lads, give, like this, if you this give is it quality here. Like if you, you know, give it commitment, yeah. you have a chance. And you, people are watching you. Yeah. They'll like, be talking yeah, about in you. Most senior league, most senior league this year. There's. A lot of players definitely capable of playing League of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Likes of Anthony McLeavy and Ringman, Danny Mars, yeah. Danny Mars, he's back at Middleton now. 
who's obviously played yeah. League of Ireland for five or six years now. There's better players coming in. Yeah. yeah. And the facilities are getting better. They to are. be fair, a lot of clubs are looking at Astros. I was just down, we were having a meeting in Cove Wanderers. Is in Cove. Up, yeah. yeah, so we were looking at the four teams merging into one, under one brand, uh, Cove for football. And they're looking at putting an Astro in Cove Wanderers and a pitch next to it which is going to be unbelievable and the, the Cove really needs it. If you look at the amount of houses down there and the amount of kids playing there now football, like they need facilities down there and with Cove Ramblers being the League of Club, it's a huge opportunity for that yes. uh, town. So John Delaney was down to, to look at the plans. Basically, uh, it's my first meeting of, uh, with John Delaney, first time meeting him. Um, he was all open for everything. Do you know, he was a nice guy. Obviously, there's uh, stuff portrayed in the media and stuff, but... He was all for football. He was all for improving the facilities. It, it looks like the project could possibly go, be going ahead, which is going to be huge for Cove. No, it'd be, be great if it does yeah. happen, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. You see, need to see more of that happening around the place because I think for years, historically, clubs around all Ireland have been either pitchless or, you know, no clubhouse, no kind of real in soccer rather than in, in you know, you've seen GA and rugby where they'd have a bar and it takes away from it. Like, if you don't have that fixture... Then it clubs just go out of existence. Like whereas now, particularly the Monsignor League, there's you know these defined clubs that are growing and are real. Like I think they're strong clubs more than anything in the Monsignor League now. As much as the players are very good yeah. as well, but they're really strong clubs, which yeah. is brilliant. You know? In my opinion, I see a lot of Monsignor Senior League clubs transition easily into the first division or into the League of Ireland, which is great. Say, yeah, right. and and the likes of it probably falls down because. Let's say you play Monster Senior League and Car City want to sign you, probably won't get as good a wage as you want to go full time. So that's what keeps them then in the Monster Senior League. The capability of any of the players, they could probably play for Car City or play for Cove Ramblers, but they have a good job. And if they're getting a few bob off the Monster Senior League club, it probably makes more sense yeah. overall. Time, commitment, traveling. Yeah. That makes that, that league stronger by having by them players staying and by the likes of Marky going back. That's um, a good point because. Sorry to cut in, John. Go on. Because I think the clubs in Dublin, who are, it's much easier to join a League of Ireland club in Dublin because your travelling is so much less. Yeah. yeah. And so it's many less clubs. of a sacrifice to you if you have a job and there's so many clubs. Yeah. Right? Whereas in Cork, if you're joining Cork or Cove, you're travelling up the country every second week. To take days off work, yeah. try and make it up. Work. Yeah. And this is not playing. John and Flinney, <laughs> who's your favourite player? <laughs> <Leon>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's taxing. Yeah. I did. I did it for a year down in when I was with Cove Ramblers. I was working full time as well, and it is really, really difficult to do both. Like taking, like you said, I would take a half day every every second Friday, so I'd be in work half six, work till one o'clock, then get onto a bus up to Dublin. Yeah, you'd be wrecked by the time the game comes around. Like it's very, it's hard to be at your best as well. Like it yeah. is, it is time consuming, going that way. But I think the way you said it as well, Daz, stay with your Munster Senior League club. And work extra hard to make or to better yourself there and to bring that league on even more. I Definitely. think that, that's the big thing. And I think maybe, you know, the way Cork City and them aren't drinking now anymore or whatever, maybe that'll, you know, looking after themselves better kind of seep down or, I, th- I don't know, I the cult- general gen- culture has gone that general way. general culture has gone yeah. that way anyway with lads the going to the gym and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. that. Speaking of the gym, it kind of is a bit of a problem in footballers at the moment is that like this kind of Instagram um, portraying your, your upper body and it's all upper body and then you know they're getting bigger and bigger and then there's more injuries ankle injuries and knee injuries and stuff like that so. you see Thierry Henry on I think it was with Gary Neville on one of those shows with Gary Neville on the couch and he literally said he never went to the gym ever did you see that? yeah I know he's probably strong anyway Like, but I was, I was blown away by that like yeah 
it just, it just, I just have to spend maximum time out on the pitch and that was it. Yeah. You know, whereas I think we were kind of definitely taught that, you know, when you became a pro, you have to take yeah. on this weights yeah. training regime, which did help. It depends where you're brought into as yeah. well, I suppose. Like, he could have been brought into a club where he was just scoring goals and the managers loved him and it was like, yeah. do you know, do what you want. Do do it. Yeah, maybe. I think it's a case of keeping it specific to the sport you're playing in. Like people go to the gym and they're just doing weights to be to look good on the beach. That's not gonna transcend into into a football match. Then you need to be doing stuff yeah. like when does a footballer ever stand on two legs and do squat down really unless yeah, they're yeah. jumping off two feet. Everything has to be single leg. You know all different variations. Yeah. Unless but you're trying to upset my breakfast. But <laughs> <laughs> make it sport specific rather yeah. than just going to the gym for the sake of take their legs in their own hands. You have yeah you have to kind of know who you're getting uh, the program off where what their background is as well yeah because if their background is purely just strength work yeah they don't they wouldn't understand the necessary the requirements for playing football or playing GAA or rugby or whatever different sports you play yeah, yeah. why isn't he lifting 100 kgs because well, yeah. he plays soccer and yeah. you know it's yeah it's, it's yeah, sports it's specific like, yeah. yeah that said you can get uh, different things from different sports like I went to a, a thing uh, it was a yoga Wrestling, I think he was. He, 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 <laughs> 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 transitioned from yoga to wrestling. I just, yeah. <laughs> mm, some kind of, some kind of yoga wrestling. yoga wrestling. We had no pants on, but. Ajax. The Ajax, the Ajax team. Uh, sports guy. What, what would you call it? Fitness guy. <laughs> Throwing me off here now. Claude. Strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning. Coach. I know that guy. He's around Cork a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not around. Is it Claude, is it? Oh, so, uh, yeah, Cork. He's around Cork. The, the guy oh, yeah, he comes coach. over he comes over from Ajax he does the strength yeah, conditioning stuff it. he goes to a lot of clubs in his, what was his discipline he was martial arts yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yoga, yoga, yoga wrestling, <laughs> yoga wrestling slash martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went from the guru Pipka Pipka there to, to Stone Cold Steve Austin within a within a breath. Very related. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I think you're right. Taking different things, like I I would have done hot yoga in um, in Cork, Bikram Yoga Cork, oh, which yeah. I, I would have found really decent. I yeah. to try that actually. Yeah, it's meant to be good, is it? Yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah. You just kind of got to, anything you do, you do that way, you got to keep it up. I don't think Crazy Dad was, uh, was going down well in there. Don't be far next How warm is it in there? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. You go crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> the end of it. <laughs> Who's your man eating the mash? Oh, that's Crazy Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, have we any, some more questions? Or there was one about uh, safe standing in football grounds. And I suppose that's more, that's not really an Irish question, more England Oh, what was the question? About uh, safe standing sections like they brought Instead in at Celtic Park for create better atmosphere in games. It's definitely better if they were safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think safe is the number one word. That's, yeah, that's uh, what they I think for Celtic Park they have it's a pull like a pull out seat because you're not allowed to have standing if you're European games. Oh right. right. Oh, right. So yeah, it's yeah. like the bar you'd lean on that pulls out into a seat oh, okay. for European games. That makes sense. Something like it? that's clever. Anyway. In Germany yeah. they have loads of them, don't they? Dortmund yeah. and them. Thinking um, of the old shed, the standing shed, rather than the, yeah. the seated shed now. It's class. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it makes a difference, yeah. just atmosphere-wise, and maybe packing more people in there as well. I always forgot how small that actually was. Which probably yeah, wasn't safe at the time. <laughs> no, it wasn't safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't safe. It wasn't That's where they changed the unsafe stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a documentary, I don't know, I think it was, it was a fan-made documentary about the last season, the year you won the league, 
with the last season the of the shed. shed. Yeah. And I was only then I realised how small it actually was because when I was like a kid and I go to the odd court city game, oh, yeah. it seemed huge. Like it seemed like because it was that high. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. It was actually yeah. Yeah. really yeah. condensed. Yeah. Yeah. And then Moses was singing in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone used to follow along to him. We just love going to the games, listening. Did you ever jump <laughs> in to it, John, after scoring? Or near it. Yeah, would it be near yeah. it? Yeah, where they all packed down the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. brilliant. Yup. Yeah, that's what I did. I actually remember playing on the twenty-one game there. So surreal, like oh, I would have yeah. been playing with Ireland. I think I watched it. Yeah, after, actually, yeah. We beat Germany two-one. I scored and set Miller up for the second one. So the two cork boys scored like at Turner's Cross. It was great. Class, yeah, but Full stadium. I remember a load of the lads were actually in the shed watching the game, like Georgie, Dan Murray, oh, cool. Nulty, they were all up there. And I remember I get the ball and my first touch, I kind of pulled the ball back and went to spray it out to the right or left, I'm not really sure, to Andy Reid or someone like that. And I overhit the pass off the adrenaline, like and the ball went out. And uh, I remember Georgie was saying that the crowd kind of went dead and then someone from the crowd said, Get on to the ball, will ya? <laughs> As if it was his ball, yeah, not yeah, my yeah. ball at all. Like, you know, I just thought that was excellent. Like, instead of an open basket. What's he doing? Get on yeah. to it. Yeah, and then everyone was Generous. roaring. Like, yeah, yeah, but it was brilliant. brilliant. Class. It was Andy Reid. They're probably definitely in the right. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> just on a couple of points made there, but you were talking about players, you know, uh, their touch and stuff and training and coaching sessions. If you're coaching a, a player... Hold on a minute, what's happening with your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Someone I'm mentioned Big Ram Yogi, stripped off. We're doing them short shorts, Dad. Well, when you, said, when you said yoga wrestling, I thought we were doing it. <laughs> Anyone out there? I, I, I'm after taking off my jumper and opening my shirt because it's so hot in the room. Yeah. So I can do that because it's not videoed. <laughs> Yeah, just on um, if you're coaching players, they're touched. If you're doing a like a passing drill or a session, would you would you be a coach to say right, take that ball with the inside of your foot and turn out, or would you be like more like I suppose Thierry Henry, not going to the gym, you know, let him do what he wants, let him become that player. He, we're taking the magic out of him. I what, think. Where uh, would you think on that way? I think there's a bit of both. Is ideal, like you know, in the passing drills that you do, I I'd love to see guys kind of just doing it naturally and breaking the rules instinctive kind instinctive, of thing to them yeah. yeah but then if they it, so long as they're getting it right when they're trying to do it right you know what I mean um, but I definitely encourage creativity you I think only, you only really see it when it kind of nearly breaks down yeah and someone mis, misplaces the pass and someone can just adjust and flick it back or whatever yeah but if it just comes to them they kind of are yeah, and that's robotic the, almost definitely like, better yeah. that's the better player isn't it who's reacting to something yeah. and changing it but you know, like say passive drills, you set down your cones and it's the the shout like you know inside the cone and stuff like that, and you, you might have a striker doing the drill, and you might be thinking you're shouting at him. Then the next game, saying get out and in front of your man, what are you doing? You know, it yeah. kind of breeds in and there's kind of fine lines. You think train how you play, or you know if a, if if there's a striker who takes the pass with his outside of the foot brilliantly, and it's a great way, as you know, John, to turn a defender quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you're into the passing drill and he steps in front of the goal and takes it to the outside of the boot and coaches on him straight away. Inside the drill, yeah. back behind taking the corner. With the outside of the boot, I know what you mean. Because yeah. I used to like taking it with the outside of my boot. And, and get with the drills, mm. it was as if you, you, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. But I think it depends what age you are and stuff like that. Like It's probably good for them to learn the, the basics. The yeah. basics, yeah. yeah. I think if it's breaking down, if someone's trying to do it, but if it's instinctive, and as you say, leave them, be creative. I think come probably back to last season with Car City, Sadler, you know, you give him the ball and he makes something happen. You know, it mightn't work, yeah. but he, he he's an instinctive player. Yeah, he, yeah. He'd do that, but 
as you say, it would come to a drill then. And because your rules in the drill are inside of the foot, you might be he might be used to that then. Yeah. And then if he if you're allowing a player to do that and ninety nine percent of the others are taking it, then there's it's not it's not even the drill, what's he you know, there's is yeah. a fine line, but I think as as Hoggy said, leave him be creative yeah. and once once it's not affecting the standard once it's not the, yeah. the centre half doing it and, and <laughs> it, 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 it's shinning it over to the, the other side uh, <laughs> so we'll go to Rob for your football journey where did you come from Rob what did you what got you into football what was your first love of football I think we should enter that but where did you come from where yeah, did you go Rob the hole and he's not sweating by the way <laughs> It's <laughs> roasting in here. I I suppose I came come from a big like football family. My dad was always involved with Douglas Hall. There was there's no there's no van in this story. Oh, come on, sorry, start with a van. Sorry, disappoint all the van fanatics out there. All the highest drivers out there. Trend. Not this week, guys. No, my my father never drove a van, unfortunately. There's a van somewhere. <laughs> I suppose I always just played out in the garden with my brothers from as long as I can remember. And my first memories kind of watching football would be 2001-2002 when Arsenal won the double. Because I, I remember like bits of games before that, but that was the first time I kind of really paid attention, I suppose. And who would you follow? I'm an Arsenal fan. Oh, so that's there we go. Why. We're making but, me feel old now, Rob. It's <laughs> the first time watching know, it. Me too. That, like... that summer as well was the World Cup with Ireland out in uh, Japan and Korea. And oh, I, yeah. I can remember that World Cup like perfectly. We were watching all the games. The, they used to bring in the telly in school to watch the games. Brilliant. So I remember that part, like that was my that was my properly kind of fell in love, I suppose, with football. Even though I had always been playing, like organized soccer, I suppose I started playing with my older brother's team in Douglas Hall. So I would have been probably six, and they were under eight around that. And then I kind of played with the next age, and then my own yeah, team kind of filtered through. Then I uh, just played Douglas Hall, played GA with Douglas as well until I was about fifteen or sixteen. Then kind of. Under 12, 13, started getting on Cork teams, going to the Kennedy Cup. And then out of that, I got a few trials in England and got onto the, the Irish squad for the oh, first. Trial, I was over, after, well, directly after Kennedy Cup, I went to Southampton and Sunderland. And then a few years later, I was in Ipswich, Forest and Man City on trial as well. How did you find the trials? I found, I found it difficult. It was kind of my first time going away from home. They didn't, like, like you kind of get thrown into the deep end, really. Were you on your own or were you with some? I was on my own in Southampton. In Sunderland, there was three of us. There was three of us went together into Sunderland. But yeah, I, I got in, like, it was only the first kind of day or two. Obviously, the pay, like, there, the standards a lot higher than what you'd be used to. But it takes a few days to get into it. But then I was grand after that. I suppose I, I came close to getting a deal across the water a few times, but nothing ever materialised for one reason or another. But then, yeah, I just kept playing with Douglas Hall the whole way. Was on Irish squads, Irish home base squads and then it came to the first year of the under 19 league, Stuart Ashton rang me to see if I'd be interested in signing for Cork City so obviously I was first year ever and the team we had we had a very very good team Do you remember that phone call? Sure. It was that, he actually rang my dad not, not okay. me and went, was having a can. <laughs> <laughs> my dad rang the pub then there's a creeper on there please <laughs> Yeah, I went out and I kind of thought originally I was going out for a trial with City, but I went out and they kind of just handed me the the form to sign. With as soon as I got in the door, 
so that made things a lot easier made, able to relax a bit then and then yeah we won we went on we won the double the national double under 19 and that was like Gary Buckley was in that team John Kavanagh Stephen Kenny who played for Limerick yeah. and Galway great team Danny Marcy was playing six or seven went on to play like senior league of Ireland with various clubs was it you and Danny up front me and Danny up front and uh, Andy O'Connell would have played a few oh, yeah, games Andy, up front yeah, as well yeah. Andy was kind of, he was kind of centre mid up front depending on who was injured who was suspended what who we were playing against all that and then the second second year under 19 we won the double again Brilliant. with uh, that another very good team like Alan Brown was in that team he was unbelievable last season he actually went straight to England after that uh, Andy McAlevey who I mentioned earlier was in that team Darren Murphy who signed for a different Darren Murphy yeah, he's gone back he to... He just signed for Limerick yeah, yes, yeah, yesterday, yeah. So, yeah, we had a very good team. Then, at the end of that season, I've you you kind of find yourself in that limbo. Yeah. Finished under-19s, but not quite in the first team. I had trained a handful of times. Tommy Dunn kind of brought me out training, and I played played very well. I actually, strange enough, I was injured, and I was kind of out at the physio the whole time. And I think Tommy Dunn might have just thought I was in the first team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is good. Come on, get the key. Call Because it was kind of like, I, wa- I wasn't there one day because I, wa- I wasn't yeah. training with them. And I got a phone call in the next day. He was like, why weren't you training Thursday? Okay. And it was like, all right, I'm not going to question this. Like, yeah. Let's so, apologise in advance there to Car City. You're going to have about <laughs> 20 strangers out <laughs> hanging around the training ground. Hoping John Coffey says, come on, get your stuff. <laughs> Fall in. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I, was, I was involved with the first team squad for the rest of that season. I didn't. I was. You just made up the first oh, everything and just turned up with Cork City's training. They'd say, "Are you short there, lads?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go on, sorry. But uh, yeah, I was in. Squ- I was in squads on the bench. Travel like kind of travelled, but wouldn't be on the bench. And then Tommy got sacked, and Stuart Ashton came in as the manager, who had been my 19s manager. And he gave me a few, one or two games towards the end of the season just as sub just kind of bed in but again I was kind of in that limbo because there was no manager for the next season yeah so 2013 I is it 2000 uh, yeah 2013 yeah. so then John Caulfield got the job but I didn't know where I stood for the next season so I was training away with Douglas Hall kind of waiting for a phone call and uh, John rang me and he said do you want me to sign for UCC who he was managing at the time right. to kind of get a look see if I was able for senior football and League of Ireland and I think he wanted me to play in the Collingwood Cup that might have played a part <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but I was yeah so you you were there to both Darren and Neil were both there at the time I was doing pre-season with Cork City and training and playing with UCC on the weekends then but I was kind of had a on, on trial mentality in the UCC games so yeah. I, kind yeah. of, I was on I was on fire basically yeah. and I was obviously training with E every day I was sharper than well. sharper than ever. And you were our, our training sessions yeah, as well. To be fair, when you when I first I saw you, uh, I, I was really surprised. Your first game actually uh, re- made a real, real impact when you first came that's on. True, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all kind of took notice. Yeah, you, you also. I remember in training, uh, pushed me in the back 
and I, <laughs> and, and I just remember I was like who's this like yeah, yeah, yeah. pushing me in the back that's going in the bucket <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously the next ball about you. and Tommy played on or whoever was manager was like and I was freaked out <laughs> no, <laughs> how young, do we, young lads know it is <laughs> like, yeah, it's really how do we start this now Attack of respect <laughs> so the sun was shining on another Bishopstown lovely morning and I was going through my training session <laughs> in, right, in arrives this langer who was hanging around the physio room and yeah. shoves me in the back <laughs> <laughs> right in the back crazy Rob <laughs> anyway, looking back, it was impressive because you didn't care. Like I'd been in the club fifteen years, and you were pushing me in the back. <laughs> yeah, as well as it was like, you know, you're a bit startled. Now, now you can look back and say, you know, yeah, fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair play. Doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah. Don't I actually don't remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think there's there's another time I I not make Dan Murray, and just the next time I got the ball, I was. Ten feet, ten feet in the air. <laughs> good old yeah. yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Well, yeah, I kind of had a good season that year coming off the bench for City. Yeah. There was a few injuries, which I, I mentioned before. A few injuries gave me my chance in the first team, and I kind of grabbed it really. Got a few, got a few goals, and the year obviously we lost. We went close to win the league. Yeah. Last last game of the season up in Dundalk, where actually I had a header that went. Yeah, I was just thinking about, about, about half a yard wide. Yeah. And yeah. With five minutes to go, could have won us the league. Then, kind of next year, I struggled for games really next year because you were both in that team. We were both. Yeah, then he came back halfway through the season. Yeah, yeah. And, and then that last game of the season. Yeah, yeah. Right, you were right winger. Speedy right winger. He's in your face. Probably Neil Horgan. Shoving in the back now. Did you Robert? So yeah, I went. I went back. I went up. To, I went up to Sligo on loan. For the second half season, because because City Cause had bought a balaclava and a gun <laughs> <laughs> for Christmas. What else could I do? <laughs> that was an, inter- an interesting time, all right? It was like, but yeah, I kind of I had very bad luck up there because I said earlier, Joe Joe Swindle signed me, and the way he played, it was all into feet and balls down the channel. Is he player manager? He no, he was just manager. Okay. He retired at the end of the season before. It was him and Gavin Dykes were in charge, okay. and. Uh, he kind of made out to me when I went up, like you're my first choice striker. We kind of want to have the way you play is how we want to play, basically. But then we we lost the first game in che- I played and I scored, so I was kind of obviously not happy with the result, but happy to get off the mark, whatever. But Joey got sacked after the game, wow. so then Mickey Adams came in and he had a completely different style of football that I just didn't fit into. Yeah. So I kind of fell fell by the wayside, I suppose, a little bit. And then, can happen all football again. Yeah, that's like, just change of manager, yeah, change week, everything. Yeah. Didn't have any kind of bad feeling about it, like you know, that was just the way it was. Yeah. But then John wanted me to he wanted me to sign again the next year with City. But I I knew Sean McGuire was coming in. So I was kind of thinking my chat I barely got a game last year. If she's coming in, I'm gonna struggle again. I decided I said I'd rather go somewhere and play more regularly. So that's when I I would sign for a Cove Ramblers in the first division. We actually we had a very you were involved in the coaching team that yeah. year. Does we had a very good year. Got to uh, got into the first division playoff, and we were unlucky. We lost to uh, Drada. That was crazy, Daz, as a coach. He was good. Yeah. I think we. I already knew him. Like so. I know yeah. he's giving you spin in and out now, but you know, have to be diplomatic. <laughs> yeah. no, he, he still used to throw in tackles right when he was all in the games. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that never goes. No, like. <laughs> but nothing too nothing too crazy as a coach. Yeah. Uh, but then yeah, that season, I just didn't I didn't get kept on 
at Cove for reasons unknown to myself. I didn't get kept on. I lost your number. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, so yeah, I went. I went back. Played, signed for Douglas Hall. Who had always, always been my club since forever. Even when I was with City and Cove, yeah, I'd always be at Douglas Hall games because my dad was involved and my younger brother was playing. So yeah, I'm still with Douglas Hall now. But the last kind of two years, I suppose, have been a disaster yeah. with one in one injury after another. So I probably only played seven or eight games in the last two years. You'd be a good candidate, so coming from the first division that time when you were at Cove for getting to the playoffs, then playing Douglas Hall the following year. Like, what what's the difference? Would you say standard wise? I is there much or I would I would act. I think the Munster Senior League is probably a harder league to play in. Not like technically the first division would be better, but there's a lot of young players playing in the first division. Yeah. A lot of kind of twenty twenty one year olds, like two people like myself who are coming out of nineteens, kind of get, trying to get their chance. But then when you went to the Monster Senior League... It's experienced guys. And yeah, it's experienced guys. They know how to get away with fouling you. Yeah. Mm. They don't mind going in over the ball, these kind of things. Coming from the League of Ireland, people probably thought I was coming with it, an attitude that I was better than everyone and this kind of stuff. So I think I got a bit of special treatment yeah. Yeah, from some of the centre-halves. Yeah, but you're coming up against experienced guys, as you said, like, and that's a good standard. Like, yeah. What age do you know, Rob? 25. Like you're 25 now and just take it from and I'm sure yeah. uh, John and Neil will agree you have loads of time and football is a funny yeah. uh, game like you know you Ten could be years. even two years could make such a difference in your career it's true massive like yeah. you, you're you still young you get that operation there now on your ankle you, you get fit and you put again you, you know now what work to put in yourself there's, there's times where you have to choose between drinking and staying in and you know yourself, like oh, I know it. Like yeah, I know we joke, like, we joke, we, we joke about no it. chance. <laughs> you know, we oh, all the off will be closed anyway for, for, for a start. <laughs> I know we do. We joke about it a lot, like but I do. Like you're saying, I do know when I get back playing that that chance does arise again to play League of Ireland. I know. Kind get of, one more chance. I know the kind of mistakes yeah. I made before. Not stupid enough to do the exact yeah, same thing yeah. again, kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to help you push on as well. We're going to have a live yeah, podcast but again, at the surgery. Yeah, at the surgery, <laughs> live podcast. Darren's actually um, administrating the surgery. Tackle <laughs> 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 it back into place. <laughs> His steel stud. Get to put my boots on again. <laughs> but, uh, Darren, no. two cc's of a two footer, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Seriously, put an effort into it because you are a good player, and we want to see you get on as well. Like. A year worth of work can turn Absolutely. your career around. Right? Absolutely, so young still. Genuinely, I feel like I could go back. I mean, push yeah, you always kind of do though when you, you do, do a bit. You don't do, you? But like, when you're 25, yeah. you you can like you can go yeah, back and get chance. back to a high level, like very high level. But uh, yeah, look, we'll wrap it up there for this week anyway. And just want to say again, thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, please subscribe, share it as much as you can on social and tell your friends and comment and everything like that and there's sponsorship opportunities again as we'll go on the weeks <laughs> I just want to, yeah and we obviously want to uh, thank cabin. the cabin again for their continued support and you know facilitating us for yeah. doing the podcast so yeah thanks guys that's episode six cheers lads it's a wrap uh...